What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business, a.k.a. Money Compton. This podcast is available on all platforms. Wherever you get your podcast from, it is right there. All you got to do is spell S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. You can also email the show at sportsbusiness at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Money Compton. Woo, man. This is it. This is it. This is the season finale. We're going to take a pause for the calls for a few weeks until we get training camp of football hot and ready in a few weeks. So we're going to take a little summer break. Um, I'm excited because I got a lot of things planned um, within these next few weeks. So, yeah, but we are going to come back probably around the first or second week of August and get this thing back like a crack addict. So before we get started, I found an article last week that was very, very interesting on USA Today. Um, and Delta Airlines, who has been, I mean, I'm a, I'm a medallion status, reward status member with Delta. So I, I like Delta, um, but Delta y'all been catting off recently. Like y'all been really, really bad with all these flight delays, flight cancellations. Um, and it's not just Delta. It's been literally the whole entire airline industry. You know, people in America think they got it bad. Y'all better look at London Heathrow. Woo. Like, have you seen some of those videos and some of the news out of Heathrow as far as their, their delays? Ooh, it ain't good. But I saw this um, article and I was like, Lord, let me let this happen to me when I go out of town in a few days. Um, so, like I said, according to USA Today, a Delta Airlines, Delta Airlines is reportedly offering passengers $10,000 to get off their oversold flights. Um, the article to go on says that a flight from Michigan to Minnesota um, or a passengers for that were flying from Michigan to Minnesota were all reportedly offered $10,000 by Delta Airlines to give up their seat to an oversold flight. Um, yeah, bro. If Delta's gonna tap me on the show, I was like, "Yo, man, we oversold. We got too many people, not enough seats on this plane. You willing to come up off your seat for 10k?" Um, bro. Yes, yes, yes. Normal cases, I got to thinking. I think um, I was on a flight of maybe a year or no, it could have been a year, maybe before the pandemic. Um, I believe it was. I might have been Delta. They were offering only offering like five hundred dollar vouchers, and I was like, Nah, I'm good, bro. I need. I, I got places to go. But if you telling me ten k to give up my seat, bro, I will walk back to wherever I need to go. Uh, maybe not walk back, but I'll definitely come up off my seat. So, give me uh, email this email the show and let me know what's what your asking price for you to come up off your seat, especially during these um, uneasy times when it comes to traveling. Like th- this is something. I mean, obviously we've never seen anything like this, and. You know, they're, they're overselling flights and not enough, you know, people working. Um, I don't know what the solution is because it seems like they laid a whole bunch of people off over the last year and they haven't been able to get these people back. And that's another thing I've been, I was talking to somebody about this. I forgot who I was talking to. And I'm no economist. I'm not the, 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 the econ- economics dude. But I got to talking to somebody last week over this. And this is the part that's just mind boggling to me. They keep talking about all these shortages for workers. Well, where the hell are the workers at? So here's the, here's the way I'm visualizing this. Okay, you got the minimum wage workers. They ain't coming back to wherever they're going. Uh, or you got the middle class workers. They ain't coming back. Usually it's a food trade. Food, uh, uh, like a, a pecking order. The middle, the, the entry level people, they're somehow able to get into the mid-level people. The mid-level people, they're able to get up to senior uh, level people. Like, wh- how does this system just, how did it break? 
like there ain't no more stimulus is rolling around um i know there's over 21 some million people that still have not gotten their tax return money so where where's where's the where, where how's the system broken is what i've been trying to figure out for this this entire time when they keep saying there's a worker shortage how how are people not working like what are you doing to look like how are you able to to, to, to sustain a, 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 a living and earn have a, have money coming in your pockets to pay your bills. Like that's the part where I'm just like, how is this possible? Because they keep saying that there's shortages, but ain't nobody coming back to work. Like there's not every job is not gonna be able to offer you a 100% remote job. And that's just the, that's just the way it is. So I, I just, I can't wrap my mind around how is there so many worker shortages where people are just like, nah, B, I'm not coming back to work. And I'm just going to ride this out like that just that just doesn't make too much sense to me. But I digress. Like I said, email the show. Let me know what your asking price for you to go ahead and jump on, jump off a plane ride during these uh, weird travel times. But this is a sports show. So we about to get up in this uh, thing. Yo, I thought I was done talking about the Brooklyn Nets. I thought I was done maybe last week or the last show. I thought I was done talking about them. Yo, this got to be the most. Duh. The, the, the Brooklyn Nets got to be the most disappointing team, the most spoiled team, the most entitled team that I've probably seen in in, in any sport, any as long, as long as I've been watching sports my entire life. I've never seen a team that feels so entitled, so spoiled, like a little brat. Like this, this team is literally a brat. Now, apparently late last week, right before free agency started, which I believe was Thursday, out of the clear blue, um, Kevin Durant had, uh, randomly started, he, he asked the Brooklyn Nets owner, Joseph Tsai, for a trade. He, he's demanding a trade, um, which leads the fact to the effect of now that number 11 of the Brooklyn Nets, um, looks like they're going to be moving him off. So first off, Kevin Durant coming out of the clear blue as demanding a trade one, I'm not knocking that. Like I, I, I see where he's coming from. Um, but my thing is KD, like it took you this, it, it took you pretty much two entire, two entire full seasons with your best friend, your BFF number 11 for you to finally snap out of whatever trance he had you in for you to be like, nah, bro, I'm cool off of you. Be like, I can't, I can't rock with you, man. Like you, you want a whole nother level. It just doesn't, the, the timing of it. Okay. I get it. You're trying to see, you're probably trying to help the Brooklyn Nets out by trying to, help free agency and lure some free agents over so that they go ahead and move you. Okay, cool. And then be that as it may. But KD, man, I just don't, like, I'm, I'm I'm applauding you for finally waking up and snapping out of this. But at the end of the day, let's not act like this isn't a whole, like, you don't have any blood on your hands. You're the reason why uh, number 11 went to the Brooklyn Nets. You're the reason why they had to spend over $40 million for a DeAndre Jordan who doesn't even, who can't even do a jump hook shot, who has been able to absolutely do nothing besides catch lobs and maybe block a couple of shots, but he didn't develop anything when he was in the, with the Clippers with Blake Griffin and Chris Paul. So you're talking about a player who has absolutely no, nothing besides, he's just seven feet tall, just seven feet tall, able to get you a couple of rebounds and run up and down the court, the all PT time. And all PT team is, is what DeAndre Jordan is. Just a guy just runs up and down the court, just get cardio in. Um, as far as everything else goes, um, I, I I just don't understand where KD KD's talking about. He wants to go to the Phoenix Suns. The Suns, if I'm if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, bro, you can't just send me DeAndre Ayton. As much as I love DeAndre Ayton, and as much as I think that he is a All Star caliber center, probably who could be the best big man in the game. 
I don't think that that is worth a KD trade. And I got to thinking back in the day, like, you know, I was talking to some friends, talking to some league sources, and the closest thing I could think of was when Shaquille O'Neal, who was declining, which is, let's keep it a buck, KD's in year 16, he'll be going into year 16. Um, and also coming about two or three years removed from the Achilles tear, which looks like he's pretty much back to normal, but still an Achilles tear is an Achilles tear. I, I was thinking, I was talking to some league sources, um, I talked to a couple of my good friends, and the biggest trade that I could think of as far as value uh, of a caliber like this moving away was Shaquille O'Neal when he left the Los Angeles Lakers and went to the Miami Heat. Now, I don't remember the intels of that trade, but all I remember was the Lakers got Lamar Odom and they got, I believe, Jordan, like a draft pick that turned into Jordan Farmar and somebody else. Now, the Heat ended up winning a championship like two years after Shaq got there. They should have won two had D-Wade not got hurt that first year Shaq was there. Okay, they win that one. And then I think a couple of years later after that, if the Heat won in 06, four or five years later, the Lakers go and win, I believe, 10 and 11. So essentially that trade evens out. And it, it, I mean, you, you trade away a, a rocket launcher for a couple of a couple of uh, grenade launchers, um, which, you know, it, 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 on paper, it didn't look good. But if you're looking at it five, six years down the road, or if you're looking at it in today's, today's point of view, technically the trade won. I don't know right now. And I was, I think, a, a three-team deal, if I'm not mistaken. I think they had to get another team involved um, with the Lakers and the Heat trade for Shaq. Right now, for a straight-up one-for-one team, he keeps saying that he wants to go to either Miami or he wants to go to Phoenix. The Phoenix Suns, nah, bro. Like they going like they have to give uh they have to give up D book, and that ain't happening because of the way contract languages are written. For some reason, D book and Ben Simmons can't be on the same team based off the way the contracts are written. Whatever. Okay. Okay. So then, what you going to give up? You are going to give up DeAndre Ayton in a sign and trade, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, and maybe ugh, I don't. Know. I don't even know who else is be on the team after that. A Cameron Payne, you can do that, but then at that at that point you're pretty much gutting your whole entire roster. Um, and if you go the Miami Heat route, you're gonna give up Jimmy Buckets, Tyler Hero, um, Duncan Robinson. You can't give up Bam Adebayo because he's in the same predicament as D Book, where they signed this deal, their their rookie extensions, where it's for supposedly. Two rookies cannot be on the same. Two rookie, two people cannot be on the same team with the same rookie deal. I don't, I, I don't know why that is. That's just the way the rules are written. Um, but it is what it is. So that leads me to think. Well, if he can't go to Phoenix or to Miami, hmm, where could he go that has a whole lot of assets? Oh man, I don't know how this would look. It might be a bad look, but the way. Bob Myers of the Golden State Warriors is looking right now with well, the way he's strapped with cash. I don't know if I, I and, and I talked to somebody who's really, really close with the Warriors. Um, there's two predicting, there's two contradicting sides. There's one side that is saying he's going to, KD has to figure this out on his own. That's what I've heard. There's also another side that is saying, uh, we, 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 we might have to look into this is what I've been told. Now, 
Bob Myers, they're they're by far the most. I think they have the highest paid. They had the highest payroll in in basketball last year. I think it was like over 181 million dollars. You're gonna bring in a guy who is making, who's gonna be on another max deal, who's got four years left on his deal. The question's gonna be, do you mortgage off your future to win? At a minimum, maybe maybe two, maybe two more championships to mortgage off your future. And when I say mortgage off your future, that means you give up a James Wiseman, who I have been a thousand percent on board of doing that since the end of last season. I said that they need to give him up because off of a torn meniscus, you missed the whole entire year. That is a huge red flag for me. And the fact that he's not even playing summer league right now is a huge red flag for me. Um, that's very, 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 uh, uh, what's the word I'm trying to look for? It's very interesting to me that this man can't, can't figure out what's going on with his knees. I don't, there's everyone keeps saying that a huge, uh, there's a huge upside. The Warriors know how to develop. You don't know how to do, you can develop all you want, but you gotta be able to develop injuries as well. So I don't know. You got Jonathan Kaminga who showed glimpses that he can be a bona fide, you know, he can play in the league. Moses Moody. He, you know, he he showed glimpses as well. Um, do you mortgage all that off and then somehow be able to package in a Andrew Wiggins because the Nets keep saying that they want an all-star? Okay, well, Andrew Wiggins was all-star and started this year. Um, here's what I would do. Here's exactly what I would do if I Bob Myers. Being the fact that Andrew Wiggins, again, is on that same type of contract language with, the, with, with Ben Simmons, I would probably trade Wiggy, Kaminga, Wiseman, Moody, and probably two first-round picks to get KD and Ben Simmons to come to the lake uh, to the Warriors. And everyone's like, "Well, why Ben Simmons? Let's keep it a buck." Draymond Green is out of Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green. Draymond Green is declining the fastest out of the three of them. All of them are declining, but Draymond Green is drastically declining. So here's what you do: Draymond Green. Back in 2015, when David Lee got hurt, Steve Kerr tapped you on the shoulder and said, hey, man, you're going to be our guy. You're going to be the starting four. And David Lee came off the bench. David Lee was a renowned all-star, was a baller. He had a pretty good season. He just got hurt in the beginning of the season. They didn't want to mess up the chemistry where David Lee took a reduction in role, came off the bench, and they still were able to win that first championship. Well, Draymond Green, it might be time for you to repay that favor to one Ben Simmons. You might need to come off the bench next year. You might. And I and that's not a knock on you. That's not saying that you're washed up or you can't contribute. I think you would be a great asset come off the bench, just like David West was, just like um, most Pete Spates was um, those first couple of years. I think it's time for you to probably come off the bench. And this is where you put Ben Simmons in, who essentially is the same exact player as Draymond Green, except for he does a, he's more athletic, he's got more bounce, he's not gonna take, he's not gonna hold up the team as far as taking shots away because he don't shoot the ball, which is what Draymond Green does. An all defensive player who was the finalist for the defensive player of the year a couple of years uh, last year. Um, so I, I feel like you throw all of that in. Here's here's the reason why the Ben Simmons part is is key for me. Ben Simmons, now you can develop in a culture where they know how to develop players. Now, Ben Simmons is only like 24, 25. Ben Simmons is in his prime. You can rebuild. So let's just say Kate, let's just say KD, Steph, Clay, Draymond, they all move forward. Let's just say four or five years from now. 
Ben Simmons is only going to be 28, 29, and he's going to be entering his prime years in the NBA. Now you're restarting off, just restarting all over again, and you have a cornerstone who's one of the top, at best, top 20 players when he's got his mind right to play. So now you are really able to start your future again, building a franchise around Ben Simmons if you want to keep this thing going. That's why I say the Ben Simmons part is very, very interesting. Now, as far as number 11 goes for the Brooklyn Nets, man, look here, bro. It's gotten to the point where only the Los Angeles Lakers want you and they're going to do a one-for-one -one trade for maybe Russell Westbrook. Man, if I'm the Lake, if I'm Brooklyn, I do not, I don't care if it's a one-year deal. I'm not pulling the trigger on that trade. The reason why Russell Westbrook is another player who's declining. But the thing about Russell Westbrook is he comes and shows up. Like, you ain't got to worry. Like, you're never going to have to worry about, well, shoot, is Russ playing tonight? Like, Russ will show up. He's going to show up. He's going to he's gonna throw up a lot of bricks to build another Barclays Center or another, uh, what is, what's that, Staples Center, Crypto Arena, whatever they call that new place in LA. I still call it the Staples Center. It, whatever, you know, he's going to build another one up with throwing all those bricks. But my man is going to show up. He's going to give you max effort. And he's going to try to do everything he in his power to win a basketball game for you. That's one thing I can't knock with Russ. Like my man Russ puts max effort in and gives it his best shot every time he steps on the court. He ain't got nothing left to, you know, his tank is on E by the time the night is over as far as effort goes. So I'm never going to knock Russ for that. And that's one of the reasons why I do love Russ is because he does give you max effort like that from time, every every game. Number 11, I guarantee you, even if he goes to the Lakers and he links up with LeBron, he's going to find another excuse. Now he's in Hollywood. Hollywood is filled with nothing but weirdos. And what is number 11 of the Brooklyn Nets? A weirdo. So next thing you know, he's going to be in all this different types of weird society things where it's going to keep him off the court. Let's keep it a buck. Everyone's talking about the vaccine. Okay, backtrack the vaccine. He was missing time for all these other weird, not just doesn't make sense reasons on why he just didn't want to play basketball. My man, you clearly don't. Basketball is not your number one priority. Understood. Then it's time for you to move aside. If you can't walk and chew bubblegum at the same time, you don't need to be playing basketball. So, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like outside of the Los Angeles Lakers, don't nobody want this man. The Sacramento Kings don't want this man. All these small market teams don't even want this man. I'm thinking, like, even the Oklahoma City Thunder wouldn't even want this dude. Because, like, the, the thing would be, well, if we're a small market team, at least we'll, we'll make money in the box office. We'll make money at the gate, at the ticket sales. My man don't even show up to play games, so we're really losing out on money because you're banking on this dude to show up, and he don't even show up. So it's a lose-lose situation. I think here's what I told somebody this other day. Number 11 of the Brooklyn Nets is equivalent to what Terrell Owens was in the NFL. If you look up Terrell Owens' numbers, I believe, and I mean, he was a little bit older, but T.O., his last year was Cincy. I think he had like 900 yards receiving and had about six or seven touchdowns that year. Was right around a Pro Bowl caliber player. And that was it for him. It was like, nah, B, we done. Like, you you, you bugging too much. Like, you got too much going on to the point where, like, we, we cool off you. We're better off without you. And that's what's going to end up to number 11. Number 11, you're going to want to play for a basketball team. You're going to want to play for the NBA, I should say. But the NBA ain't going to want you, dog. And that's the route you're headed down to, is that ain't nobody about to be messing with you because you have messed it up for it. Not only your generation, but the next generation that's coming into the league as far as getting their money, being able to earn, I mean, a livable wage, which is, they make hundreds of millions of dollars, but 
the 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 the, the contract language is all a lot of these contracts are going to go when the next uh, CBA is up in a couple of years. It's going to be yo. They're going to call it. The, it's going to be your fault, bro. It's going to be 100 percent your fault. Ben Simmons fault and probably even James Harden's fault. Now, with that being said, I, I just never seen a team that has been so on paper, you know, crown them as champs on paper, you know, play them on 2K. They, they look like they just they're going to go 82 and 0. You know, and, and they just, I mean, they got, what, one playoff series win in the last two years, and they got swept this year? I mean, it, it's just disappointing. But I also look at the Brooklyn Nets culture, and that is a culture full of, I want to say losers, but they're lazy. And when I say lazy, look at their team. Like, look at what they've had. Name a Brooklyn Nets team player that got it from the mud. Like, they got that player from the mud, drafted him, developed him, and was able to retain them, put them on a max deal, and has been the cornerstone franchise. Like, Brooklyn has been established for 10 years now. They got in the league, I believe, in 2012. It wasn't until 2012 when I think they pulled that weak, that KD, Paul Pierce, um, Darren Williams, and Joe Johnson deal. Like, that was, like, their first incarnation of what they were supposed to be, and they just didn't really pan out well. Um, so, you look at that. You look at the next incarnation where they kind of had something gone with Dinwiddie, um, Karis LeVert, and they traded those players away to get James Harden. Number 11 rolls his butt up there, and Kevin Durant comes up there, and they say that, hey, this is what we want. They trade, they mortgage off their future to get Ben Simmons back. Ben Simmons didn't play a, a second. Like, Ben Simmons and all of us, have the are all of our stats are the exact same for the 2021-2022 NBA season. Zeros. Zeros all across the board. All of us have had the same amount. Like we have are equal to Ben Simmons right now, ladies and gentlemen. Think about that. So when you look at the Brooklyn Nets, they are huh, they are just they don't have any like there's nothing in their DNA that shows them that they are a championship pedigree team. They don't know how to develop. They they just think that they can just play 2K GM mode and just start plugging and batching players all around and just think that that's going to win them a championship. Nah, it don't work like that. If you look at what the Cleveland Cavaliers did, even when number 11 was there, when LeBron came back, number 11 was drafted by the Cavs. LeBron James, even though he had left and went to Miami, came back to Miami, or came back to, he was drafted by the Cavs, went to Miami, and came back to Cleveland. He was drafted through them. If you look at the Spurs, all of those during that dynasty, all of them boys was drafted through there. They made a couple of tweaks here and there, but their core was through the draft. If you look at the Los Angeles Lakers, yes, they had been notorious for being able to get free agencies, but let's keep it a buck. Kobe Bryant was draft, drafted by, made a draft trade on that night, came to the Lakers, was a lifer. I mean, you don't, you know, if you look at all around, all around the entire league, as far as how championships are built, they're built through developing your own. It ain't by just poaching players and just trying to make things happen. It don't even, even with Miami, they had D Wade. It just don't work like that. So the Brooklyn Nets, they need to wake up. It looks like they're they're finally taking a stand and they they they're about that action. But at the end of the day, I like nobody cares, yo. Like nobody cares. The Knicks own New York. Brooke, the Nets are just renters of New York. It's just how it is, man. So um, I would not be surprised, ladies and gentlemen, if KD goes back to the Warriors. Like, it's just maybe that's me being wishful thinking, but I feel like Bob Myers can make anything happen. And I think at the end of the day, they have the most assets to possibly unload. And I think they have the most 
sexy type of package that they might be able to put together. But who's to all say that maybe KD might sit there and renege on this whole trade demand and just be like, nah, I'm cool, y'all. Like, I'll, I'll just rock this out one more year and see how this happens, too. So that's also a possibility that people aren't really thinking about. He might just try to run this back and be like, you know what, man, let's just, you know, let's see what we can do and, and go from there. Because next year's free agency class doesn't look that much better. Joker just got locked up to the to the fattest deal in NBA history. Um, I mean, Freaky Greeky, he's, he's locked up. So there's not really too many players out there. All these rookies just re-signed their um, rookie max deal. So it ain't too much really movement going on in the league. And I think that's what the league wants is that they want a lot of these players to kind of stay home and stay where they've been at, which is cool. I'm cool with that. I, I'm very cool with that as well. So, but I just something about the Golden State Warriors is just in the back of my mind where I think this dude might be able to pull this off. But anyways, speaking of free agency, let's talk a little free agency of basketball. We did see um, Jalen Brunson. He signed a deal with the Knicks where I don't know why Knicks people will I think more of outside of the NBA, more or outside of New York City, a lot of people are like, why is Jalen Brunson, you know, why are the Knicks hyping Jalen Brunson up to be the, the 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 savior for the New York Knickerbockers when people in New York are like, and eh, we don't really know. Like, we don't know what he's gonna do. And that's the reason that's the mindset I feel like the Knicks should have. Like, yes, he's probably I think one of the top 14 paid point guards. He's a good player. This is not a knock on Jalen Brunson. He's a great player. Um, I just don't see what the buzz is about, all about. Like, I don't see championship. He's not going to be the guy that brings you a championship is all I'm trying to say. But we'll see. Like I said, a lot of these Du Bois just signed, re-signed with their team. So you got D-Book that just signed a $224 million deal. John Morant signed another deal. John, uh, Nikola Jokic, the, the Joker, he just signed the richest contract in NBA history. Carl Anthony Towns uh, signed another deal. Uh, uh, an extension on his deal here's the speaking of carl anthony towns the minnesota timberwolves bruh y'all are telling me that rudy gobert is worth four first round draft picks that's what you're telling me oh rudy gobert that came from the utah jazz who can't play a lick of offense who's probably i mean granted he's what won the defensive player three times in a row i think he's won an all-star a couple of times somebody tell me somebody explain to me this what is the difference between Rudy Gobert and Dwight Howard when he was at the Orlando Magic? Somebody please explain that to me. Because I see two in the same player. Two players that are very, very limited on offense. And when they get switched down on defense with the guard, it's barbecue chicken to the point where now they become a defensive liability because the game has changed where Rudy Gobert can't just be bucket hanging, sitting in the middle of the paint trying to clog it up trying to wait on rebounds because you got Steph Curry, D book, John Morant out here, just busting you in the head and you can't, you can't work on your switch defenses. Like I don't see four first rounders and Rudy Gobert. I'm just sorry. Now they're trying to go with the old school twin towers with Carl Anthony towns. It looks like he'll move down to the four. Okay. And then probably in closeout games or closeout crunch time minutes, he'll switch over to the five, which kind of makes sense. But if I'm paying Rudy Gobert all that damn money, you need to be out there 40 plus minutes in the playoffs. Like, nah, bro. Like, no, you can't you can't be out here on offense, defense, substitutions. Not you, Rudy Gobert. It just no, man. Not on no 200 and some million dollar deal, B. Uh-uh. So for four first rounders, I mean, I guess, but I, I just don't see that. So um, yeah. Eh. 
Bradley Beal. That's another one. Bradley Beal, do you like winning? Like, do you just, are you just in the NBA just to grab the bag? Like, do you, and that's okay. You know, this is, this is how you earn your, this is how you earn your cheese. I'm not knocking that at all. But Bradley Beal, like, bro, like, you don't want to, what makes you think that the Washington Wizards are going to be able to provide you all the help that you need? Like, it, you're going to be one of the biggest what ifs where you're going to be like, dang, bro, like, I wish Bradley Beal went to fill in the blank team to try to win a championship. And by the time Bradley Beal starts ch chase ring, uh, ring chasing, it's going to be way past his prime and he's just going to be riding the bench like Gary Payton was with uh, the Lakers and the way he was even to the end when he was with the Heat when he won that championship. Even when Mitch Richmond won that with the Lakers as well. Like you just going to be the one that's going to be riding the bench by the time you start ring chasing, which is cool. If that's what you want to do, cool. But like your regular season, I was like, yes, they're good, but you have not been named to an all-star that I can think of. Maybe one. Um, and I think you, even when you had John Wall, like you was all right, like y'all two was cool, but I, I just, I mean, I guess if that's all you want to do is just grab the bag, ain't nobody knocking you. I'll just put you in that little, I'll put you in the corner where you are just going to be your own player and we'll just leave it at that. Because to me, when you sign and re-signing with Washington, it don't really necessarily mean that you're trying to win championships now maybe you think you can win a championship with that team but i can't name you any, anybody outside of roy hachimura that plays for the washington wizards i think christoph persingas plays there but i could be wrong too so anyways um you still got deandre ayton out there which is one of the biggest names still out there um but yeah i don't know but that's my take on nba free agency it got a whole lot more interesting over the past few days based off of what kd and number 11 of the brooklyn nets wanted to do and we'll see how that goes. So, um, you know, I, I'm very, very interested to see what happens. But it just got to play out. Now, this is something that I saw. And I don't really talk too much about college sports or college basketball, college football. One, because um, it's too many teams. Two, college basketball is just garbage. Let's keep it a buck. Like, it's one of the most overrated things out there. Um, you know, college, you got mid-majors that can now go into the Final Four. Um, being the fact that so many play players are doing one and dones. Um, and as far as college football goes, it's the same teams that go to the Final Four every year. So there's that as well. You got Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, and then maybe you could throw in Ohio State. Like, it's always going to be two, maybe three of those four teams always making it to the college football playoffs. And no, I don't believe in expansion because we've seen what, like, why, why do we need to be an expansion? Like, why do you need to open it up more? just for a lot of these teams to get smoked like i don't see notre dame being able to beat any of those teams i just named like they're gonna get smoked like not lose by a field goal or a touchdown they're gonna get annihilated michigan probably gonna get annihilated um what was the cinderella team last year cincinnati gonna get annihilated um oregon gonna get annihilated so i, I just don't believe in the college football playoffs the ratings are already bad as it is like they're already talking about like this year they already got to tweak some things around because the nfl this year, for some uh, this year, Christmas games, Christmas and New Year's falls on a Sunday, so they already got to tweak games around. I think the Rose Bowl is being played at 9 a.m. this year on the uh, West Coast. So, I mean, anyways, I'm getting to the point. USC and UCLA have now explored, or now they have been accepted to move to the Big Ten, starting as early as 2024. Um, this is a big deal, but also. This is probably going to put the NCAA, um, it's going to make the NCAA crumble. 
which I'm all for. I, I, I feel like the NCAA should have been crumbled years ago. They should have been dethroned years ago just based off the fact that we're talking about college players at one point who weren't getting a dime, but somehow these colleges were making million, hundreds of millions of dollars on these TV deals, ticket sales, revenues, um, uh, merchandise, all this other stuff. They just now were able to start making a little bit of fettuccine um, with these name, image, and likeness deals. But when I'm looking at UCLA and, and, and USC moving to the Big 10, that just shows me that this thing is about to fall right before our eyes where it's probably going to be the Big 10 and the SEC. And that's going to be in everybody else. Y'all just going to have to figure it out. Like the Pac-12 literally just lost their problem. They ain't no problem. The Pac-12 just lost their blue bloods of that conference. Like there, that's you had UCLA, USC, you got Oregon, uh, maybe Stanford. Uh, and maybe you could probably throw in Washington. That's about it when it comes to the Pac-12. Everything else is just lunch money. It's whatever. Um, so UCLA going over to the Big Ten. That pretty much means that the Big Ten is is they're 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 trying to make things happen. But I will say this: Notre Dame, like, stop smelling yourselves, especially Notre Dame football. Y'all smelling yourselves too damn much, like. Get in a conference. Like, stop playing. Get in a conference. You're just going to have to eat up that low. You're going to make as much money as you were with NBC. But at the end of the day, nobody over the age, nobody under the age of 55 is a Notre Dame fan unless you're going to Notre Dame, bro. Like, stop smelling yourselves. You guys stink. You guys go to, you guys play against all these big time teams and get smoked. You guys are taking up space because you're an independent. So basically that means if you win 9, 10, 10 games probably, you're going to get a slot in the college football playoffs just for you to get just for you to lose by 30 some points. Stop smelling yourselves, humble yourselves, get in the conference and stop playing around so that we can go ahead and get this thing going. Because right now Notre Dame is probably is what is holding up college football to be in these like super conferences where um you won't have to worry about really the NCAA governor. I would say within the next five to seven years, NCAA is going to be gone. And all the conferences are just going to run like they're their own NBA. Like they're going to run as their own entity is what's going to end up happening. So you're going to have like an SEC uh, championship, national champion. You're going to have like a Big Ten national championship. And then all these other schools that are just little pickings, you know, like I feel like the ACC right now is, is, is at the mercy of probably crumbling. I could see maybe Clemson jumping in with the SEC or Big Ten at this point. Um, Clemson, Duke, Miami, like North Carolina, they're, they're another powerhouse. Like I see those schools probably about to get ready to jump ship and, and dip set as well and jump into the SEC or the Big Ten. So we're probably going to have two, maybe three super conferences and that's going to be it. But I think that this is a, I, I like it. I, I'm all for it. And I'm not really too big on college sports and this and that, but I'm all for it. Players like, like here's the thing. If I'm on a full ride scholarship and I'm bringing in a hundred million dollar TV deal, why can't I get a piece of that cake? Like, oh, but you're getting a free education. If I blow my knee out tomorrow, my my scholarship is not renewed more than likely. Like, that's what people don't realize is that you're on a year to year. You're basically on a year to year deal. Like you're on a one in a one in one deal. So if you're able to stay on the team, you can run it back. If you get hurt, you're probably going to lose your athletic scholarship. Just telling it like it is. So what? why can't I 
get a little piece of that pie. And I'm glad that the NIL deal's out, but all these players that are that are getting getting their money, I'm all for it. And I'm not even mad at these conferences trying to link up and trying to make these big time conferences. Like I'm all for it. Like you already seen that the ACC they're getting rid of division like uh, divisions, so it's just going to be the top two teams going to the conference championships. I think the SEC is going to get ready to do that. So we're about to get the best of the best of the best playing each other. Where college football, I think college sports and these TV net deals are starting to realize like yo, we can't have. Um, Alabama out of the West and a team like Georgia in the East and then they play and then next thing you know that's the national championship again like I, I think I think people are starting to realize like that ain't that ain't how it should be going but I'm all for it I like it um, and 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 let's 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 get this thing going because this will actually make me more excited about college football believe it or not that being said like I said this is the season finale I know we're running a little bit more on the time slot on the plus side but before we go we definitely got to do the sports business podcast dummy of the day the season finale and i can't believe the fact that i am talking about this on a sports podcast but bruh ted cruz my man the senator out of texas bro didn't you just like two years ago or a year ago when uh texas has had that freeze over with electricity and you was on a uh, on a plane getting ready to take your family to cancun to get up out of there didn't you were the other person that said something about guns over there and the, the shooting that just happened not too long ago outside of San Antonio? And now, Ted Cruz, again, you are really out here beefing with Elmo from Sesame Street, yo. Like, what are you doing? According to NBCNews.com by my man Gabe Fieris, last week, Ted, Senator Ted Cruz was feuding with Elmo over kids getting the COVID-19 vaccine. Bro. What are you talking about? Ted Cruz was out showing that he was beefing with him on Twitter about Elmo urging kids to get the COVID-19 vaccine that this shouldn't have been going over to kids. Why are kids talking about it? Bro, why are like, you are a senator. Like, shouldn't you be worried about the gun deals or gun laws that we are just having a huge crisis with? Um, we're having a huge problem with gun, gun control here. We just had another shooting, ironically, on the 4th of July. Like... But you got, you know, you got the NRA and all these gun deal, gun people backing you up. So I'm pretty sure you're scared to try to buck up. But at the end of the day, I don't even know if you're, you got the cojones to even stand up. Like you are such, you know, like once when Donald Trump was out here clowning your wife at the presidential uh, 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 debates during the Republican Party when you was trying to run for president, which I still don't know how you're able to run for president when you were born in Canada, but that's neither here or there. But like once when I saw that, I knew you just you were a coward. And now you're 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 beefing with a make-believe fictitious character, Elmo, over the COVID-19 vaccine. Bruh. Let these parents do what they want to do. If the parents want them to get their kids the vaccine, cool. If not, cool. But why are you like, don't you got other things to do rather than beefing with Elmo from Sesame Street, dog? Like, this is something I would see that Oscar the Grouse could sit there and probably be like, oh, I don't want to get it. Elmo would probably say, hey, this is why you should get it. Like, what are you going to do now? You're going to sit there and be beefing with Bert and Ernie? I, I just don't get you, dude. Like, November is coming around, ladies and gentlemen. Midterms are coming around. Y'all need to hit these polls. Y'all need to do y'all research because you got clowns like Ted Cruz who was in office beefing with Elmo, y'all. He's beefing with Elmo. We got so many other things. We are in the brink of a recession. We are, inflation is high as I don't know what right now. And this man has the nerve to be beefing with Elmo. Ted Cruz, my man, you are definitely the sports business podcast dummy of the day. 
Uh, I could probably pick you every day, honestly. I'm pretty sure I could find something on you, but I don't get it. Anyways, once again, you have been listening to the Sports Business Podcast. My name is Eric Compton. I hope you have enjoyed it. Like I said, we are going to take a pause for the calls. I'm going to enjoy my summer vacation. I'm going to enjoy my summer break. I hope everyone has been able to enjoy the summer break or continue to enjoy the summer vacation. Um, just know that I love you. I want y'all to be safe. I want y'all to love on one another and make sure y'all are doing great things. We will run this back in a few weeks. Until then, I am out. Peace out.